This is the Matt Beck Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another uh, episode of my daily podcast, the Matt Beck Podcast. So I'm trying to do this thing uh, Monday through Friday. And uh, today, what we're going to focus on, uh, just kind of picking a subject, keep it kind of short. We don't need to go on and on, especially if I'm doing it daily. But I want to see your comments uh on this, if you're watching live on uh, Facebook, you can't see me, but you can hear me. Um, so we're doing it live on Facebook. I do it live every single day, right around this time, about three three o'clock. Oh, that's easy to say. Three o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, seems to be the easiest time for me to do this. Uh, so if you get a chance, go to Matt Beck Official on Facebook, and you can follow along uh, with the show. Um, so first things first, what's the show going to be about today? I want to talk about how to get noticed for a job while you're in school. Um, a lot of people are in beauty school or maybe looking for a new job and they're trying to figure out how to get a salon to notice them. So I figured, um, based on some questions that I've seen, why don't I put together a few different tips on how to, uh, get a salon to notice you while you're in beauty school. So, and if, Oh, wow. Uh, if any salons out there are uh, listening to this or watching it later, definitely send a message. I'd love to hear your thoughts so we can kind of build on this because obviously uh, as a salon owner, I have my opinion on how people can grow in the salon, but uh, that doesn't mean every salon is the same. So to start off, how do you get it, how do you get noticed for a job while you're in beauty school? So uh, I think the beauty of things now, uh, and I think back to 10 years ago when um, – I was trying to get my first job as a hairdresser and I went about it a little bit different because I grew up in Iowa and I had a job, I was going to beauty school in Iowa and while I was in school, I, I met uh, an artist through Paul Mitchell, uh, the hair company. He was a platform artist and I kind of wanted to follow that path. So I just kept my mind on that. I wasn't even focused on getting into a salon. And then it turned out that he owned a salon. So I ended up moving from Iowa out to the East Coast and kind of pursuing my career at that salon, but also still really focused on education. So, um, you know, my career path was a little bit different. But over that 10-year period and now owning a salon for over 10 years and, uh, you know, being a stylist for 13, 14 years, I think there's things that you can do that are more important than others. And especially in this day and age, you don't have to chase people around the country. It's very easy to get noticed on the internet. So um, got some people logging in and I like that we have the live chat going. So uh, let's see, Denise says, where in Iowa? I was actually in the, in the Quad City area. So I went to beauty school, I was in Davenport, Iowa at a beauty school called Capri College um, is where I got my education. Uh, and then I moved directly from that out to the East Coast to uh, pursue my career there. So, uh, so basically, uh, 10 years, 13 years ago, when I started doing hair, it was very hard to get people to notice you. You had to put together a whole portfolio and uh, pictures and all of that and bring it in a resume and get people to kind of picture who you are. Uh, from a portfolio. Well, now your portfolio is really Instagram, it's Facebook, it's all of that. So um, it's completely changed and it's so much easier, but harder, I think, in the same sense. It's so much easier to get noticed by salons, but it's it's harder to just walk in and get a job at a salon because I feel like the options are more out there. It's easier to find uh, employees in that way. You can really 
uh, search on the internet, find stylists in your local area. Um, so, you know, it, the, just the whole thing has changed. So when I look at what are the tips to getting people to notice you when you're in school, you got to focus on Instagram, right? So, and I'm sure we all know that, but what does that really mean? I think that as a salon owner, when I look at somebody's Instagram, I'm looking at the first nine photos. I want those first nine photos to really tell a story about what, what it's all about. And you know, it's funny, the guy that I moved from, uh, Iowa to Pennsylvania to work for actually just logged on. So hello, Sam. Welcome to the show. Um, I should actually call you and we could talk about it. But uh, but that's the thing. So make sure that those first nine slides on your Instagram make the most sense. Um, it should tell the story of what you're all about. It shouldn't just be a mess of uh, different things. It should be very professional because the one thing I want to see as a salon owner is that you're obsessed with doing hair and you're very professional in that way. So uh, that's kind of my first thing. Really focus on Instagram. Also, Instagram's a new business card. I don't even really love business cards. It's not, not really my thing. I think that anytime, anytime you want to get a hold of somebody now, it's very simple. So when you look at uh, Instagram as your business card, you can write in the very top. It should have uh, your name, what you're all about, your maybe your email address, an easy way to contact you, the best way to contact you. Also, you know, maybe a, a short line about what you love, what you do. And then those first nine pictures dictate what your bio says. So um, for me, it would be, you know, mine's free salon education. So I want to make sure that in those first nine slides, I'm always saying basically that I create free salon education. I want it to be videos. I want a little bit of pictures. I don't want um, a big mess of just everything I've been doing for a week. If I post something on Instagram, you know, that doesn't quite go with, uh, with my, my portfolio, my, my nine slides, um, I'll leave it up there for about a day and then I'll take it off and I'll make sure that those first nine slides are always dictating what uh, what it's all about, what I'm trying to uh, showcase. So that's the first one. Create a nice portfolio on Instagram. And then if you guys have a challenge, let's say you're in school and you're trying to uh, create a portfolio on Instagram. I When I started doing free salon education, my thing was I didn't really have models or anything like that. So um, I did mannequins. I, I cut hair on mannequins. I still to this day do that. So I think that's a good route to take because if you're in school and you're looking to get a job, there's nothing wrong with cutting mannequins uh, consistently and posting that work up. But also this is the time where you can, you know, invite friends in, um, go to their houses, whatever, do their hair and really focus on building that portfolio and, um, you know, just showing it's not even so much that you're out there and you're doing the best hair right now, because if you're in school, you're still learning, but it's the, the hunger that people want to see. They want to see that, uh, you're driven, that you want to do hair, that it's what you think about. It's what you want to do, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, that, it doesn't really matter. Don't be afraid of putting out work that's not good enough or that you, if you see work on the internet and you're thinking, man, I can't make something look like that. Don't worry about that. Just post the best work that you can do and just do it consistently and you'll start to see uh, some growth there. So now you get the content, you put it up on your Instagram page, right? Now you've got it up there, but what do you do with it? What I think you should do is figure out what salon you want to work in. So 
think about all uh, maybe pick three or four different salons and tag them in your work so every time you make a post tag the salon most salons are not getting tagged on a regular basis so they're going to notice that you're doing that even before you talk to them they're going to know that you're interested you like what they're doing so and they're also going to see what you're doing so it's a good way to start that communication uh in there also um let's see i put study beyond what they are teaching so when you're in beauty school i think um you know it's easy to really just do what they ask you to do but not go anywhere above and beyond that and i think what I did in when I was in beauty school is I was always studying videos of different people. Uh, they happened to be on VHS tape at that point um, and also on DVD, but I would watch videos of other people and learn different techniques and I'd try to transfer them into anytime uh, I would get somebody on the floor to cut their hair, I would try to transfer those techniques into it. So I think that that's, you know, that's a big thing when you're in beauty school you want to really push yourself to not just learn the basics but also kind of expand yourself that's the the 10 months to 15 months or whatever that you're in school is the time that you have to really you know mess things up have fun try different things and and learn so study beyond what they are teaching you also um I think that's pretty much it, actually. So I have tagged salons that you want to work for. Every salon wants someone with drive. So in the end of it all, really what your goal should be is tagging the salon, creating great work, um, you know, doing hair for free. Don't be afraid to do that. You don't need to make money at it right away. And then build up your portfolio and start tagging the salons. Once you get that portfolio the way you want it and you got the, the look that you want, uh, start tagging the salons that you want to work in so that when you get out of school, you already have that connection and you uh, know exactly where you're going. So let's see here. Sam asks, what hashtags should we use on Instagram if I'm in school? Just salons. Honestly, Sam, so I think I think people get carried away with hashtags. I get that it's uh, a thing, but I think that uh, hashtags to me let's just for people that don't really follow hashtags, don't really understand them. A lot of people think that a hashtag is all about searching. Uh, and for me, it's not about searching. It's about defining. So like if you were to look at me as a hashtag, those of you that watch my videos, I wear all black clothes. So let's say black hashtag, black clothes, right? Um, that's kind of like a definition, but that's not what a hashtag necessarily is. I want to put hashtags that connect me with an audience. So uh, if I want to reach somebody locally in my town, I would put hashtag whatever my town is. So let's say New Hope, Pennsylvania. Then people that are connected with New Hope, Pennsylvania, then automatically start seeing my stuff when they start searching things about New Hope, Pennsylvania. It's just like uh, if you're on Instagram and you start searching people, uh, different celebrities, maybe uh uh, sports teams, any of that. And then you start just automatically seeing without ever even searching, you start seeing those things show up in your Explorer part. Um, that's because you've been tagged with different hashtags. So the internet's basically deciding that they know what you like. Um, and they do that. And every time you look up something, it attaches a hashtag to you so that, you know, it starts to get to know you. It starts to give you content they think you're going to like. So 
If you're someone in school using a hashtag, I would hashtag your town. You could hashtag the salon. I don't think that's going to do a whole lot, but hashtag your area, but tag them directly, tag them in your work. So then that way they really get that, that alert that you're uh, doing stuff. So uh, let's see, Celia, I like, I like a lot your work. Thank you very much. Um, and Julie, grateful for all you do. Thank you, Julie. All right, so last couple things. I got a couple questions from Instagram, so I want to go over those. Uh, this is Deborah Lynn 26 on Instagram. It says, how do you approach no-shows and late clients? Uh, also, how do you let clients know there will be a price increase? And what is your wordage for rebooking your clients? So let's start at the first one. How do you approach no-shows and late clients? The first part of this subject is not the most popular one. I personally... I get it. I think people do no show sometimes. Sometimes you got things going on. I've done it in my life. Uh, and clients that are late, I think reality happens and people are late. Now, when people are consistently doing these things, then like I had a guy who uh, would come into the salon. He'd been coming to me for a long time. He was always either late or just didn't show up, um, but he would always rebook when he left. The challenge with that is now I'm saving time for him and he's not showing up, right? So what I finally had to say to him is, you cannot rebook. You're just gonna have to play your cards and call me when you want an appointment the day of, and I'll get you in. And we did that for a while, and it actually worked out. And then finally, as as that got more consistent, then I started letting him rebook again. We can't be afraid to not let people do things that are uh, messing up our book. Uh, so. You got to be vocal. I think it's a hard thing for people, but just letting people know what's going on and why makes a big difference and it'll help cut down the no-shows uh, and the late clients. I think it depends on the late client. If they're over 15, 20 minutes late, then we just reschedule them and have them come in later. Or if you're like me, I let them be 15 minutes late and I still take them because I always can finagle my day throughout and make it work. Um, but anything above and beyond 15, 20 minutes is just too much and you gotta, you gotta let them go. Now here's the other thing where I think this is a bigger discussion. I think that there's a lot of stylists out there that are not busy, but they have egos, ego issues and somebody's late and they don't even have anybody behind them and they just get bitter about it and they don't take, they don't take them. I think that that's something that if it's going to mess up your day, then don't take them. If it's not going to mess up your day, it's just part of life. They're a little bit late and you got to take them. And then as you get busier, then you're going to see that, uh, then you can make those adjustments and shifts. So, uh, hopefully that answers that question. Also, let's see, how do you let clients know there will be a price increase? This is uh this is actually a really good question. I think that, um, in our salon, we we do cri uh, crisis increases. That's great. Uh, price increases quite often because um, our stylists we have a different we have a tiered price list, and our stylists have different goals that they hit, and then they're able to move up in that pricing. So we're often changing prices. What we do is we never. Um, tell the client that they're getting a price increase the day of. We always pre-warn them and we celebrate the fact that the stylist is growing. So we say, you know, they're getting busier and busier 
we base their pricing on their reputation in the town, how busy they are. So uh, as the stylist gets busier, we raise their prices. So um, that's just something we do. We celebrate it and we say the next time you come in, you're going to have a $5, $10 increase, whatever it is. And most of the clients are fine. And then the ones that aren't, we give them the option to uh, to go to somebody else because that's the reality of raising your prices. You're going to lose some people and you're going to keep most of your people if you do it right. So uh, and then the last one, and this will be the last of the day, what is your wordage for rebooking your client? So this is something I learned uh, a long time ago from Steve and Terry Cohen, uh, who are great business coaches out of Chicago. Um, I listened to their CD and the big thing that they said was, ask your guests right away, did they have a challenge getting their appointment? And if they say, no, I had no problem getting the appointment, then you could just say, well, you know, it's, I've had guests um, that have been complaining because they didn't have uh, the appointment time that they wanted. So I just wanted to make sure that you always have the appointment that you're looking for. So if we get a chance, let's book you today in advance. Uh, so that's some wordage that we use. If they say, um, yes, I did have a problem getting booked with you today, then obviously that's an easy one. Then you say, all right, well, we're going to get you scheduled before you leave so that you don't have that challenge anymore. The other thing is rebooking is not a hard thing. Um, people overcomplicate it. I think if people don't want to rebook with you, you haven't made them excited enough to come back, right? So my big thing is get them excited about the next visit. They're already there for the current visit. So if they're already there, what are you talking about about next time? If they're there for a touch-up, talk about some highlights that you want to put in next time, different things you want to do with the haircut, things that you didn't have time for that day. Get them excited. Then they're going to come back sooner, and they're going to and they're definitely going to come back and rebook uh, to get an appointment with you quicker. So that's going to bring up your frequency of visit. It's going to bring up your rebooking percentage, your average ticket. It's a win-win for everyone if you get them excited about next time. If you put a touch up on them and don't talk about anything else, well, then <laughs> there's no reason for them to come back. They're not going to rebook. So that's my thing. Just make sure that you're always uh, keeping the guest excited about the next visit. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to do the podcast again tomorrow. So make sure you tune in. Thank you to everyone that stood on here live. Stood on. I don't know if you stood, but uh, thank you to everyone that was part of it. Uh, make sure you subscribe on uh, iTunes so that you get alerts whenever I put out a new podcast. Enjoy your day, guys. Enjoy your day in the salon. Hope you like the tips. Let me know. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Thanks.